Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> when we don't have hair, you can think of a lot more things. That's this is not a true. common thing that people don't know. Science is starting to prove there are a couple <laughs> papers that have been explored. Hey, what? We need to be a part of the solution of bringing back the concept science. of truth and yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. So I need you to not tell Bo- me like bogus make jokes about papers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not trying to belittle science. I want you to know I'm science first. I don't want to hear about your fake papers. But you know I'm science first. <laughs> I'm science that, first. This family's No, no, not this family. This me. I'm you're... science first. Okay. Because you're like, there's a spiritualness to the world. And I'm like, show me the science. Like, I need to know where you see <laughs> I'm that. I'm like mystery first. Show me the, the, uh, the mystery, Give me the sparkle. The mystery Give me the... dust measuring device that's like, oh, yeah, 6,000 particulates per square meter. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Once I can measure it, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Kidding. I'm uh, kidding. I love science. All right. So we're going to get into the episode, uh, but we've got a couple little housekeeping items to Give go through. Give us the housekeeping items. First item... Cinnamon roll. Check. Check, 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 check. Nailed it. Second housekeeping item. We just finished our puzzle. We just... Ooh. Okay. Uh, This is very random, and I don't actually think you can buy these puzzles right now, but we'll tell people about them. We're really bad at sponsorships. I'm just Uh, kidding. They're not a sponsor. Yeah, it's not a sponsor. I know. I'm just... It's a joke. Magicpuzzlecompany.com. If you are a puzzle fan, like to us, there are three tiers of puzzles. Yeah. You have puzzles you buy at Target, which are the bottom rung of the barrel. I'm sorry, Target puzzles. They're not that (laughs) great. It's like the hot air balloons, thousand pieces. Sure. Easy. Not a big deal. Okay. Top tier uh-huh. is Liberty Puzzles. You missed the middle tier. I'm going to go to the middle I tier see. at the end. Okay, this is... just trying to track here. Uh, top tier is Liberty Puzzles. They're wooden. They're like laser, laser etched. etched. It's a great smell, but they're also very difficult. Yeah. Like I would say they're the hardest puzzle we've ever done. And we have not done like the, it's a black puzzle. Like that's or like it. A, yeah, or like a gradient. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. thank you. No. That, there's like no joy in that one. Like, yeah, you finish it. You're like, yeah, it's all black. I did like a black puzzle. Yeah. Like, or white as well, but just like a solid color. Who's making these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, real angry people. Anyway, so you have Liberty Puzzles at the top. LibertyPuzzles.com, yeah. you can also support them. But the one that we just finished, which is very, it's a very unique puzzle, uh-huh. is Magic Puzzle Company. So fun. We're not going to ruin, no spoilers. No spoilers. There but is there a are surprise. Spoilers, which you think about a puzzle, you're like, a puzzle doesn't have spoilers. There's a, there's a yeah. twist. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. very fun. So if you're looking for a holiday gift or if you're just like, oh, I love puzzles and check these out. Yeah. Yeah. magicpuzzlecompany.com not you, a sponsor what a sweet sweet thing did you say the other night when we were working on the puzzle together we had the fire going we were like hunched over i mean it's not good for your back the surface that we have the puzzle on we have to like hunch yeah, over yeah. and we were doing the puzzle and what did you say you don't remember do you you said yeah. a sweet thing yeah i said is that smell you or me <laughs> <laughs> okay you did actually say that <laughs> but then you said babe I'm just so happy that we both love doing the same things. Wasn't that cute? Wow. Because we do. We cute lo- meter. We love the same things, like just doing puzzles, playing video games together, watching movies together. We just love a lot of the same that moment leisure was, activities. was the embodiment of that little, not the blushing emoji that's just smiling, but the one that's like, mm. yeah. yeah he's like, it wasn't just like, mm. yeah, yeah. it's cute. So all that to be said, derailed. Magic Puzzle Company, awesome puzzles. Other housekeeping you can things. Third and final housekeeping item. Did you guys know the COVID still thing? Yeah. 
so we had a little bit of just I, – I had one of those moments before we just sat down to record. I don't know if you guys experience this as well during this, like, COVID time. Some days I feel fine. Like, I'm like, okay, this is our reality. I accept the reality. Our lives are truly not that affected. We're very oh grateful Oh, my God. I have gratitude every single day. I'm like, we're healthy. All this stuff, like, I can handle. I can hang. Other days – Maybe it's just my hormones. I don't know. I'm in an, an emotional spot right now. Other days, it just hits me different. Yeah. Where I'm just like, Pah. like it's just everything goes through my head, and also, and also, it could be the smallest thing that like sets me off. And so, we just had one of those before we sat down to record this. And Jason was like, "Are you going to be able to record?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do want to record." And he was like, "Would you feel better if you just like got it off your chest?" And I was like, "Absolutely." So I'm just sharing here that some days I just. And, and listen, I want to acknowledge we have it very easy compared yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. We do not have kids to worry about their childcare. We are not frontline workers. We our businesses are our not businesses affected. are fine. We have yeah. the luxury, and I understand all those things. But even just the smallest things of like, you see these news stories day after day, and you see these numbers, and you think about these families, and that just sits in the back of your mind all the time. And like my heart just like breaks for all these people. Yeah. And then something so small, like, listen, we have had a very, very small bubble this entire time. Basically, we've been quarantined the entire time yeah. since March. And we have these, this one group of friends. And by group, I mean there are a couple yeah. that we've seen. But luckily, they're on the same, like, uh, caution level as we are, where we just check in with each other and say, like, hey, if, you know, when it was the summertime, we could do socially distanced hangouts, like, outside. where we were outside and far apart and... We would just order food and not interact. And like that felt okay to us. And then, but this time it's like we wanted to hang out with them, maybe just do like a dinner. And so inside, yeah, it was inside because yeah. now it's cold. And so I, and so we were talking about what would, what would need to happen in order for us to feel safe, making sure that they hadn't been exposed to anyone for at least seven days before. And then I was telling Jason, like, I don't know, I might feel more comfortable wearing a mask since we're going to be inside. And just like us having that decision-making process in our own lives. I know it sounds so stupid when I say it out loud because I'm like, well, yeah, it's just decisions you have to make. But I just had this moment where I was just like, stupid COVID. Like yeah. I just, the the amount of already being like an anxious person and the amount of just like anxiety-inducing decisions to have to make. Yeah, I mean. And I then like, sorry, I hate, I hate the part, this is what I told you. I hate the part where like, if you're a person who's like really cautious because of the way that our like social fabric works, you're somehow made to feel like the dumb one. Yeah. I hate that. Like Would you're the one who's who's supposed to feel like you're weird for wanting to wear a mask. You're weird for wanting to like be overly cautious. You're weird for saying, no, I'm not going to go hang out inside with a bunch of people. I'm not going to do it. And like I hate that part of all of this where everyone has a different comfort level and it just feels like you feel alienated from people whether it's in your family or your friends for making different decisions would it have helped if i said hey you should feel dumb should i not have said that like right after <laughs> yeah i wish you wouldn't have said that okay I'm all kidding. right that's my guys bad. for it's everyone listening there. he did not say that no and, and i i think this is worth bringing up because i would imagine knowing our audience pretty well we have a lot of 
soulful, emotional, thoughtful people who listen to the show. And I just tend to believe that the people that we attract are people who have similar values to us, and they're probably making similar decisions. They're not going to big gatherings. They're not super stressed out about missing out on events. And But they are getting into the same things we are, where it's like, you kind of just run into decision fatigue with COVID, right? Yeah. And you just are like, well, I don't know. Like, do we start doing this thing that we were doing before? And you and- see, the unfortunate part is like people think that their decisions don't affect other people because they're like, oh, it's my comfort level. But I'm like, when you start to see everyone on Instagram, everyone on YouTube, everyone right. who shares their life publicly and they're going on airplanes, get going to weddings, like yeah. you see that or even just having like friends over for dinner there's this ripple effect of a signal that says this is not something yeah. to worry about anymore. And like, no. listen, I just want to also comment again. I understand this, this emotion that is coming out of me. It's not really about the decisions, right? It's about, I hate that this is happening and all of the things associated with it. I hate that people have lost their jobs. And like, yeah. I hate that there's miles long lines of people at food banks because they don't have food. I hate that there are people who died and that all these families who couldn't say goodbye to their family members. I hate that these medical workers are exhausted. Like I just hate it. And yeah. some days it's fine. And other days I'm just like, fuck, I don't. You don't want, <laughs> you don't want to have COVID around anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but we need it. You know, we got to keep it around. <laughs> Do you no. think it would go away if we asked nicely? <sighs> what a missed opportunity. <laughs> well, truthfully, you look around and you go, we haven't tried that. <laughs> yeah. I, and I do think this is a representation of where we are, like, right now as of recording this. You know, yesterday was the highest recorded case number day in COVID numbers, 180,000 cases, positive tests or positive results. And like, I think that also like takes a toll on us. Like we're seeing these numbers go up and up and up. And it's just like, something's got to give because it's just like our hospitals are overrun. And and listen, we're not trying to make this whole episode about that. We do have a topic we want to share with you, but we also just want to be honest and just let you guys know that if you're putting us in your ears and we know that this is like a nice emotionally intimate relationship that we have with you, which is very one-sided because we never get to hear you at all, (laughs) is that you know, there, there are real people on the other side of this and we are affected by other things and we're not just going to pretend that everything's fine because that's not the type of people we are. And truthfully, I've done that before and it, it itself takes a mental toll when you're just trying to push through and pretend everything's fine. Yeah. And like I said, I'm just in like a very emotionally sensitive place right now. Some days my brain can find ways to be okay with it all, which I don't think you sh- I don't think we should be okay, right? Like I think... I think the moment that you get kind of numb to it is like when it's really dangerous because like you should never be numb to like, you know, thousands of people dying every day. Yeah. I mean, I think I got an email today that said like pretty soon they project like it'll be 3000 people in a day. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just because of the 22 day. Like that's just insane. So again, we we don't want to like bring it down, but I wanted to be honest with you guys. I am not somebody who can pretend at all and keep my emotions like compartmentalized and so jason jason knowing that about me was like do you need to just say how you feel and i was like yeah yeah and and if again like this just we're real people so we're just going to be real we're going to be honest and if anything it was an exercise that you got to learn where the plus 15 or 30 seconds button was on your app and you just like boop, 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 just went through it. Oh, I thought you were talking Not you. to me. No, 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 he was looking me dead in the eye when he said that. And well, because like, I'm talking to you. No, I know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could but talk to the mic, you. but then wouldn't I look cross-eyed to you? So this whole episode, <laughs> I'd be like, all right, and here's what we're talking about. 
Okay, they can't see that. No, I know, but you can, and you'd be like, that's weird for me to look at you like that. Like, I've never seen you. Anyway, moving on. Let's move into the actual topic okay, of this the episode. the actual topic of this episode. Now that we I am actually excited about this episode because I have not heard a lot of people talk about this, but it is something that I feel like creatives and online business owners deal with. And it reminded me because we were, our last month's coaching session, we do a Q&A at the end of every unboring coaching session. And one of our members asked about this. And basically he said, listen, I have various different projects in my business. I have this one sort of area or topic that I talk about that seems to do really well. And like people, um, it's what they want. And like I, you know, I can make a lot, not make a lot of money, but like it brings me revenue by right. like focusing on this one it's area. It's clearly the better business opportunity. It's the business opportunity. But I'm really passionate about this other thing and people don't seem to resonate quite as much with it. But like I really enjoy talking about it and doing it. And I, and he's like, I just don't know which one to focus on. And this is a question that I struggled with myself, especially when I was starting Made Vibrant, where I felt like I had some projects that were just so like deeply aligned with my soul, but sometimes they were more experimental or kind of less tangible things. But then I would have things that maybe I was still excited about, but like they weren't like my soul projects. You know what I mean? They were like, okay, people want this thing. I can deliver this thing. I can make money. And for a long time, I felt like those two things were competing. And if you're listening to this right now, maybe you also feel like that. Like you have maybe this idea that feels so deeply aligned with who you are, but then you've got this other revenue stream that's doing really well and you don't know where to place your efforts. Mm -hmm. And I had come up with this concept years and years ago to kind of reframe this idea in my head. And that's what we wanted to talk to you guys about in case it's helpful for you to reframe this as well. Do you want me to tell them what it is? Go for it. I didn't know if you wanted to jump in. I just sort of like rolled with it. You did great. Yeah. Okay. So here's how I like to think about it. I like to think about those projects that are like your soul projects that feel like very deeply aligned with who you are and you almost like you feel like these are the projects that feel more of like a calling. Like, oh, I just feel really called to work on this thing. Those to me are your legacy projects. They're like the thing that you want to put out into the world, the thing that you hope will outlast you, that the mark you want to make on the world, right? And then you have other projects that maybe are more market-driven, more business-driven, where the market slash your audience is telling you, we want this thing and we're willing to pay for it. And so every time you sort of do something in that vein, you know, it makes you money and, and you feel like it's a good business opportunity. And to me, those are your longevity projects. And so By longevity, I mean that the more you do them, to me, it gives you the financial stability for your business to be able to keep it going. That's why I call it longevity. And so the reframe for me that really was powerful was instead of thinking as these two separate things that are opposing forces and that are competing for your attention, which I think is a lot of how people feel, to picture them instead like these two items that you're holding in both of your hands that you have to do this dance between and they actually interact together. They don't fight with one another. So if you focus your attention on longevity projects, you can get the business revenue and the sustainable income that can give you a little bit more of that financial security in order to then be able to do one of your legacy projects. That's a little bit more experimental. You don't know if it will have a financial return, Um, But because you spent time on that longevity project, you have the space and time to be able to devote to the legacy. Does that make sense? Totally. And I I think for a lot of, especially creative business owners, unfortunately, they they 
highly gravitate towards the legacy projects. Right. And so they're just like, I just am so called to that. I'm so drawn to that. I have so much energy when I get out of the bed every morning to like work on that thing. But unfortunately, those things are really, they can be difficult to monetize. They can be difficult to have someone see the value to be able to give you money for those things. It's kind of the same thing as monetize, but it's just a very difficult business to operate if those are the only projects that you do. Yeah, and then here's what's what I found in my own personal experience is what's da- not dangerous about that, but what corner you can back yourself into with that is if you're like, listen, I need to feel absolutely 100% like lit up with every project. So I'm going to focus all my energy on these legacy projects. And then if they don't bring you money because you don't have anything that's in the longevity column you start to kind of resent your own either a resent or b feel totally lost because you're like i felt so sure that this thing was like the thing right like color your soul is a perfect example when i did this project undermade vibrant i had this like monthly subscription of basically these different like art projects and journal prompts and it was like this little creative mindfulness subscription And I felt like it combined all of my talents together and I loved putting it together. And it just felt so much like me in a product and it was so hard to sell. Yeah. And what happened was I started to feel like, oh, is my like internal compass just so off that I thought this was like the thing because it was so perfectly aligned with who I am. And I just assumed that that meant that it was going to make money and it didn't. And so then I started to like doubt my own internal compass. And I don't know if anyone out there listening feels that same way. Like, listen, I thought I found my thing and I've been pouring all of my, excuse me, it sounded like I was getting beclemmed there, but I wasn't. (laughs) I thought I found my thing and I poured all my energy into it, but I'm not seeing the financial return and I'm starting to doubt myself. I'm starting to doubt my abilities. And it's like, maybe I hope this episode can get you to see it in a different way, which is that it's okay if it doesn't bring you a big financial return. It's just that maybe there's a way for you to figure out some way to carve off your time where you can do something that you know is better aligned with what the market wants and needs. And then you can use that almost as a tool to fuel that project um, that does feel close to your heart. Yeah. And this is why for a lot of folks who've come to us for advice over the years and they're like, oh, I either have a nine to five job or I have a client-based business and I really want to get into like digital products and, and those types of things, but they have no audience they have no content they've created. They just have some idea that, again, they're being like called to or drawn to or what have you. And our advice to a lot of those people is different from than most business people who are like, yeah, jump all, you know, you got to go all in on that to make it work and you need and everything else. And we're like, what if you just stayed at your nine to five job or especially if you don't hate it? What if you kept a couple clients on and then just like eased into that other project? Because so many of us just want to go head over heels into the things that we're super excited about. And we haven't validated them. We haven't pre-sold them. We haven't done anything to really show that there's market demand for those things. Color Your Soul is a great example. Yeah. And when you do that and then you get into it, you realize, uh-oh, now I'm spending all this time chasing after something and I have nothing to cover the bills and my bases and my expenses. And for us, we talk about this on many episodes, but that number that we we always come back to, which is your monthly minimum magic number, which is just like your bare bones expenses covered. You're not saving any money, but you're not like going into debt to stay afloat. It's just like exactly what you need to have paid. If your longevity projects can cover that, then it's probably time or it's okay for you to think about a legacy project. Yeah. But if you're not even filling up the the longevity bucket enough to cover your number, then you probably need to spend more time 
organizing your longevity projects, whatever those are, or just staying at your nine to five job and just going, I'm not going to be here forever, yep. but maybe if I'm here for another year or two years, I can see that these, this will cover all of my expenses. I can start saving money as well. And then I can start chipping away at the legacy project I want to work on. Yeah. And here's what I think is so empowering about that, especially in the context of what you just said about someone who's at a nine to five job, because guaranteed somebody in that position is probably thinking of their nine to five job as almost like an impediment to right. this other life that they want. Right. But what you start to see is in that context, if your nine to five is your longevity project, right? Yep. In that context, because it's the thing that's bringing you the financial stability, then you working on your getting your website ready for your business on the side a couple of hours a week. I just thought of what my business is, by the way. What is it? Um, it's suits for teddy bears. Teddy suits. It's teddy suits. It's teddy suits. Okay. Yeah. First of all, love this legacy project. Yeah. It's very yeah. soul aligned for you. I want like, like velvet suits. Oh, I want yeah. like pattern no, suits. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. You want it to be sure. the most trend forward. Well, just like there's a lot of options. What about teddy trends? Oh, oh. Now we're getting into like hats and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, go to teddytrends.com with a no, Z. No, it's not with a dot Z. com. Dot com is not going to be available. We're going to have to Teddy get, Trends exists. We're going to have to get dot biz or dot net. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> <Go to> teddytrends.net. <laughs> okay. So you're at your nine to five job, but yeah. on the side, you got Teddy Trends. That's your legacy project. But what's what I was going with that was I think that's super empowering because suddenly you go from, oh, this nine to five job is like such a drain on my energy and it's preventing me from doing this thing that I love to, oh, now I'm using this nine to five job as a tool to be able to get me in a financial position to then work on Teddy Trends. Yeah. And so that mental shift can be the thing that actually finally motivates you because you're like, oh, I'm being strategic. I'm not like stalling or being held back or why can't I get this up and running fast enough? I'm being smart about using this longevity piece to fuel my legacy piece. And I'm doing that dance between the two instead of having them compete for my attention and me thinking that I have to have just one. I, I think one thing that we should definitely touch on too is defining specific goals and understanding the reason for doing a legacy project. Yeah. So the reason for doing a longevity project is basically to make money basically to money, right. like have all the expenses met in your life and then maybe make more money than you need so that you can save it need above your your bare bones expenses so that is the the goal of a longevity project like most people when you think about that you're like yeah i'm not trying to be famous i'm not trying to grow a huge audience i'm just trying to sell enough of whatever it is that i'm doing or spend enough time doing this thing that i'm getting paid for that time caveat that okay. does not mean that let longevity projects are like soulless or that you right. hate them right. guys like you should like the things you're doing yeah i'm just saying and hopefully you know this nuance if you're listening to this episode and you're resonating with it you're you still like the thing that you're working on you should yeah. still like your work but it's just it's not that thing that is like tugging at your, your soul, soul. Yeah, exactly your soul. so then when i was saying about defining your legacy project and and i think this conversation comes up a lot with especially again creative business owners who are like, oh, I just wanna, I wanna start this podcast that just revolutionizes whatever, you know? And Teddy when, you, when you really break that down though, when you come back to that, that's is that just an ego-driven goal? Because if it's if it truly, if you really sit back and think like, am I actually doing that or am I just trying to get popular around this thing? And I think for so many people, we stumble into ideas that we see other people have done or things that have worked really well. And we're like, Oh, that's really exciting. I actually feel drawn to that. I want to do that thing too. Mm -hmm. Only to then get into it. And then you're driven 
basically by ego for a legacy yep. project yep. as opposed to, well, why did you start this thing in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like, why were you drawn to it? Why did you want to do it? And I think there's something really interesting about just like where we are in society now in the 21st century of when you think of art, like when I think of art, the immediate first thing that comes to mind is like Me, paintings, my paintings, sculptures, <laughs> you as suits. a painting and a sculpture, mm. not my teddy suits. Those are not <laughs> art yet. But what I think is really interesting is that in the 21st century, art has changed. Social media can be art. Podcasting can be art. All these different things can be art because they're really just an expression of creativity. Totally. However, paintings many centuries ago, there's no metrics. You don't know how many people looked at a painting. You don't know how many people have left comments on a painting. You don't know those things. But now you have metrics for all these different ways you can share a legacy project. And now you're measuring your project against those metrics. Right. As opposed to measuring the project, again, going back to like, why did I do this thing? Right. I did this thing because I want to creatively express myself and share what I'm doing. Yeah. And to me, so I think that's such a good distinction to make because some people are going to hear the word legacy and they're going to think of it in the context of like a Gary Vee, right? Who says like, legacy is so important to me and he thinks of it on this not to say Gary Vee's all about ego but I think we can all agree it's yeah some of it plays a role I think he would even agree but it's like he's trying to go so far in terms of because he wants to leave this legacy when he's behind right and so I think some people hear that word and they think that maybe I'm saying like you have to change the world no to me I just mean legacy like in those quiet moments with yourself Like, what tiny imprint do you want to leave on the world? What of your personality do you want to pour into something? How do you want to take everything that's inside of you, in your brain, in your heart, in your soul, and, you know, take it from the inside of you, put it on the outside of you? Like, that's a weird way to put it, but you know what I'm saying? To me, that's what art is about. It's like the, the part of me that gets poured out onto a canvas when I do a painting, and I see these colors, and I'm like, wow, like, that feels like a part of my soul DNA in physical form and that's what I mean by legacy and choose your own word if you like need to in order to not tie that to ego but I think that's a really good point that you brought up which is like just you it's very easy to fall into that trap of measuring a legacy project you know by the validation but I think it's so much internal validation that has to be the metric so here's a interesting uh little back and forth I think we could have is does a legacy project have to be public facing no well no and I know that your immediate reaction is that but we think about like your art yeah like your art really became a public facing thing and that public facing thing determined a lot of how you felt about it so what may have started out as like, you know, I just want to paint. I want to like express myself through these mm-hmm. paint. I've got these like feelings and things and I want to like put my DNA on a canvas and do those things. But then you start sharing it because it's only natural to go, well, I want other people to experience my art because yeah. again, we're in the 21st century and like art gets experienced through social media and things. But it changes it. It changes the legacy and the reason for that project existing. It does, but it can make it richer. Totally. Like, so like in my in my case, Part of actually what made that project, yes, there's a piece of it that was just about me cultivating like my own artistic voice. That was actually why I started that project. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, in 2016, I did a project where I was not a painter and I wanted to become a painter. And so I watched every Bob Ross episode, every on single one yeah, and replicated. No, just kidding. <laughs> I painted an abstract acrylic piece of art every day and then had like a message and a hand lettered uh, phrase that went with it, posted it on Instagram every day for tw- 280 days. 
And it was a really fun project. And so it started out as me just wanting to find my own creative voice and to share. I was already sharing these little hand-lettered messages on Instagram and that I just loved sharing little insights that I was picking up in my life with other people. What happened was people started to comment that it really hit them at the right time in their lives or they saw a message that they really needed to hear. This was like even before I feel like quotes were that huge on and this type of thing was that huge on Instagram and so it felt kind of new at the time for people to be like whoa like that message really hit home for me or whatever and so to your point about the public facing thing the audience of that legacy project helped inform the quote-unquote metric of it which was just like the feeling that I got from connecting with other human beings through this art. Yeah. But what you can't I, measure that. Right. But what I wonder is, would you have enjoyed that project as much without sharing it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But there's plenty of, I guess what I'm trying to get at in your question that you're posing is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It yeah. can be, it can be that you go to a nine to five job as a longevity project so that you have enough time on the weekends to paint in your studio by yourself. Totally. And that's your legacy project. Exactly. That's my point. So Absolutely. Yeah. So I, what I wanted to make clear was I don't think a legacy project has to involve any external validation whatsoever. It can. And it absolutely can. Like, you know. Yeah. It doesn't invalidate it if right. it's public. All joking. And it no. doesn't invalidate it. Sorry. It doesn't invalidate it if you make money off of it. Yeah. It's just that it's not going to sustain the, your business for the long run. So like yeah. I sold prints of that project and made, I think, $10,000 over the course of a couple of months. But that wasn't like <laughs> to put it in the longevity column. Like I would have had to reduce my living expenses quite a bit. Yeah. Like I could have done it. But um, I, you know, so it's not like if you're if a project makes money that it suddenly it can't be legacy. Yeah. It's just these aren't going to be projects that are going to sustain your business for the long haul. Yeah. And I think the legacy is a really interesting word as you just touched on with Gary Vee and that example of like for a while now, I've really wanted to, and I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do it, but I want to record a Jean-Claude Van Damme podcast and just like explore every movie he's ever made. Uh-huh. And just for the sheer, because like I just find them so entertaining they are not great pieces of film. Yeah. They are, some of them are just atrocities, but some of them are just so fun to watch. And I just think it would be so fun to explore that. But in thinking about like the reason for doing that, that as a podcast. It's enjoyment. Well, yeah, it's enjoyment, but it's also like, I just really wonder if I didn't have anybody to receive that art that I want to put out into the world. Yeah. And listen, like, please don't think that I'm comparing Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> podcast to like That's okay. modern, like That's okay. awesome art. It is. Or even like it's all art. Know, historical art. But I just wonder like, what would make it really enjoyable for me? Is it knowing that I'm just going through this like history of this actor's, you know, filmography and I'm watching all these things and I'm talking about it and it's silly and I get to do all this research and like put that together in a fun thing. And like, I imagine all the sound bites, don't look at me, you know, like a bunch of those. <laughs> that's a direct quote from knockoff. We'll talk about that later. Uh, that's actually not from knockoff. Oh, that's from, what was it? The uh, replicant. 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 <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but so like there's that part, but then there's also the part of like, but it would be so fun to have a group of people that also really enjoy this thing. So that what I'm getting at with this part of this is for a legacy project where external validation might be helpful, what I would say if someone was asking me is make sure you define your enough number of what that looks like of what that could be so that you're not chasing after numbers. after Sure, that. sure, sure. Yeah. And I think... Um... There's a difference between external, like seeking external validation and just 
and just enjoying the human connection of having a group of people on the other end to receive it. Right. So you can have an audience without seeking external validation constantly. You know what I mean? And it right. just, it takes mindfulness and it takes effort. So, so a good example for your John claude Van Damme po- podcast yeah. is like, yeah, I think what would make that enjoyable for you is finding other listeners who also love Jean-Claude Van Damme movies and think that it's just so enjoyable to watch. Right. That's part of what makes that project fun and what brings it meaning is connecting with other humans who like this thing like the 12 people around the world (laughs) yeah exactly but like you know so just by the very like virtue of having an audience doesn't mean you're seeking external validation it's it's if you suddenly were like oh now i need to get 20 john claude van damme listeners now i need to get now i need to be the number one john claude van damme podcast now i need to interview Jean-Claude Van Damme in order to make my podcast. Don't meet your heroes. 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 (laughs) You know? So it's like, yeah, I I do think it is interesting and an interesting Avenue that you're bringing us down here. But I just want to make that clear that like, just because, just because your legacy project has an audience doesn't mean it's like invalidated or that you're seeking external validation. Not at all. I just think it's like, you got to be careful. Cause again, it goes back to my whole, like if you're doing this and, and there's like an, altruistic reason i guess to start but then there's an ego reason driven that you keep going right you got to be careful about a legacy project leaning into the ego driven where now it becomes something where you're not doing it just because you enjoy it you're doing it because you're feeding off of the external validation which is an interesting connection back to the original point which is by not separating these two, like the reason why separating them into longevity and legacy is a, is helpful is because a lot of times you are putting all the pressure on a legacy project to have a result, which is money. Right. Right. So like you are expecting it to have external validation through the form of people paying you for it only to find yourself disappointed. And so whatever you started the idea because you just loved the idea and you wanted to work on it and it felt very aligned with your soul and then you – want thought that you had to fold it into your business and so then it didn't make any money and then you know you held it to this standard that it didn't have to be held up to right and so part of separating them is the relief of saying this is a legacy project it doesn't even have to bring me much money at all but the very fact that i'm doing it makes it enjoyable makes it worth doing yeah which podcast of mine do you think would do better teddy trends or no John get Clark rid of teddy them. trends it's not a podcast Ikea sh- Ikea furniture? Yeah. So I have two podcasts. It's either you listen to me put Ikea furniture (laughs) together, and I'll walk you through it. I'm going to walk you through. I've got a Ross Cog that I bought, and I want to put it together. I'm starting with, you know, line number one, and I'm just walking through it. Or... It's the Jean-Claude Van Damme cast. It's the Jean- Jean-Claude Van Damme cast. Okay. JCVD That's the one cast. Thinks. Yeah. So the IKEA will get like eight listeners. Jean-Claude Van Damme will get 12. Exactly. Great. Okay. Uh, what, else, what else do you have in your notes for this now that I brought up my silly parts? I think that's – I think we covered it. Like I just think this was a framework that we wanted to share with you guys because it. I know it's helped me over the years. The last thing I'll say is that this was a big part of ultimately what helped me make the decision to combine – businesses into wandering aimfully was that in a lot of ways made vibrant as a whole was like a legacy project for me mm-hmm. even though it did make money um you know like a, quite a bit of money at at one point but um but i it, think you were really fighting your own business 
because it was so intertwined, right? Like you had these courses, but then you had your art and then you had these stuff you were trying and it was all under this one umbrella. Well, exactly. By the, by the time, yeah, by the time we actually decided to combine them, I think I was muddying the water exactly. a little bit. That's yeah. what I mean. And by not having them be completely separate, it's like if you restarted Made Vibrant today, because we have Wandering Aimfully as a business, because we have Tea Tree as a business, Made Vibrant could literally just be a complete exploration with no business. That's what I was going to say, right. which is that what's really cool is I've kind of taken a break these past couple of years once we were building up Wandering Aimfully from Made Vibrant. And I thought that that would feel so limiting, but now it feels the opposite because I feel like we finally have this engine going with Wandering Aimfully where it is the longevity piece of it and Tea Tree where the financial stability is there. And now I'm like, the pressure is off of Made Vibrant. I'm like, wow, do I want to start a newsletter again? Do I want to do paintings again? Like, what do I want it to be that yeah. doesn't have the added pressure of this has to make money? And and by the way, going back to what I said before, Wandering Aimfully is still deeply enjoyable. It feels deeply aligned in the sense that we, we do business coaching in our unique way. I don't feel like we're trying to copy anyone else. Yeah. But you know, it's not the same type of filling up of my bucket totally. the way that art is. Yeah. It's it's like business creativity as opposed to yeah. like artful creativity. Yeah, which yeah. they're they're both great in their own respects, but Yeah. And I one of the the last point I was gonna bring up on this was I think there's something to be said for understanding just the timelines of where you are in life and business and things. So for me right now, I don't really have a lot of time that I want to spend on any legacy projects, but I have lots of ideas. I have lots of stuff. Teddy Trends, <laughs> Ikea podcast, Jean-Claude. Guys, God, uh, now I'm wondering, I'm really wondering if I could combine the Ikea and Jean-Claude Van Damme podcast. I think so. Wow, that would be interesting. You're just a wealth of really good ideas. <laughs> but as we mentioned the puzzles earlier, I got something with that. And then like, there's just like a Sweat lot of different switch. things. But I'm intentionally not yep. taking on any of those legacy projects because our longevity projects take up enough of my time and I do get enough validation from those projects. Internal validation. Internal validation yeah. from those projects that I, I don't have to do something legacy wise. Yeah. But I know that's going to change in like a year or two. For sure. And I'm totally open to that. But I'm just, I'm also checking in with myself right now and just saying, yeah, now I'm, I'm in the season of the boxes are checked enough for me. Like I would love to have some like weird, crazy, wild, random project, but I just don't have time for that right now. And I'm really enjoying the space that I have to not have to think about something else. Totally. You're a uh, spiky. So getting itching me. <laughs> I haven't shaved my legs in a while in my actual leg hair. Oh. <laughs> it's just like Jason. It, yeah, hey, it's like, Hey, quarantine, what's bro. What's that? No, no, it's fine. I, I don't mind that you don't shave your legs. I don't care at all. It's just, I don't want to like, it's like sandpaper. You were like, you know, whittling me down 200 grit at a time. I know. Well then, okay. I, the solution is I'm going to grow mine out just like yours and then it'll be soft. But I've told you I will shave my legs, but you say I'm not allowed to. No, that's not true. I think everybody gets to choose what type of body hair situation they want. So I can shave my legs? Absolutely. Okay. But the same, the same thing happened though. Remember when you shaved your arms for the tattoos, tattoos. on your birthday and yeah. it did get spiky. It did. So yeah. it's just, that's hard, you know? Yeah. You got to keep mm -hmm. up with it. Oh, what a weird random thing. <laughs> All right. Way to wrap it up. So we uh, we wanted to add in to the end of episodes moving forward. For the past over a year now. New segment alert. New, new segment, segment alert. New segment. New segment. We, we're, you know, we're not going to do anything crazy like, you know, any type of musical intro. Or on, like right? put together Ikea furniture. I don't know. Maybe we will. But at the end of these episodes, we want to talk about our two classic movies we've yep. been watching. So every Saturday we watch two classic movies. Classic for us 
means something probably different for you. Anywhere so f- between 1980 to 2004, usually. Yeah. Sometimes we venture Sometimes a little we go, further to, towards we've 2010. Never, we've never really gone past 2010. Fast and Furious movies. Those well, are the, but that, that was, was just because we had to finish. Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a sequence. Yeah, you had to get through them. There's so, rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we actually, uh, you've got a Notion database. We've already watched probably 120 movies. Yeah, we've done it for over a year. Right. Every Saturday. So every Saturday, it's two movies back to back. We try to choose them earlier than Saturday because if we sit down and we're like about to choose them, mm-hmm. always it a, never always a tussle. never goes well. Always a tussle. Uh, but we're just gonna start now. We're not gonna go back and like go through all the ones we've been through. So we're gonna start with what we watched this past. Past weekend and just share with you some little nuggets. Just there. nuggets. This like it, it just this is where ticks you ticks the box for me. Yeah. Of my like oh I want to do a podcast about movies or whatever. Yeah. It's just like a little taste here at the end. Yeah, and it's for those of you who come here for business advice and just whatever you can dip out. And then for those of you who are just like yeah I want to listen to these two weirdos talk about their movie choices. Yeah. Great. All right. So you for years we've been talking about me watching Mighty Ducks because again. you've never seen Mighty Ducks. In hindsight, I'm sure I saw it growing up. I'm Whatever. sure that I saw it, Mighty but I don't remember it at yeah, all. Yeah, and that was upsetting to yeah. me. And Mighty Ducks to me is like a staple of my childhood. It's right. like I just remember have the fondest memories of like it's a sports Emilio movie, Emilio. Yeah. So my stipulation was, yeah. and this will make sense based on the things I prattled on about earlier, I will watch Mighty Ducks if you will watch a JCVD yeah, movie. Yeah, he always uses JCVD as like a bargaining chip. Yeah. Like when I we watch Titanic. We watch Titanic, and he made me. He said, "I'll offer you two JCVDs yeah. in exchange for Titanic." This is a, if you guys have ever played Settlers of Catan. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is how you I'll get take the two bricks for one hay. Yeah. In your defense, Titanic yeah. is such a long movie that it took two VHS tapes. Right. Because I had them, and so I said, okay, fine, that's fair. I think there are probably, like, six Jean-Claude Van Damme movies that are, like, an hour and 20 minutes long. <laughs> so you could, <laughs> you so know, you, you could back yeah, yeah, couple yeah. up. Yeah. All right, so we, we're going to skip over Mighty Ducks, the first one. Where, so just this past weekend, we watched D2. D2, which is D2. my favorite of the Mighty Ducks movies. I will say that of the two movies, yeah. uh, I definitely get more of, like, a... You know, I'm growing up as a kid in the 80s or 90s, and like this is nostalgic from the first one. Absolutely, because the fashion probably. Right. The second movie is definitely just more of an enjoyable movie. The second movie to me is more formulaic of like a sports movie where there's like you're down and out, and then we have to like come together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Spoilers, bro. I mean, it's a sports movie. You're (laughs) obviously at some point down and out, and then you obviously have to come together. And. Yeah, the first one is like a little bit more story and mm-hmm. there's like drama and there's like a little romance and whatever. D2 is my favorite. And so then we watched D2. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I just want to... How'd you just feel? Quick, and- yeah, uh, I, d- I definitely enjoyed it as a movie more than I did the first one. The first one was like, okay, like let's move forward a little bit. Yeah. But again, like more nostalgia in the first one. And the second one, I, I found myself throughout it just being like, yeah, yeah, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah like, you know, <laughs> flying Beep V. Eastland. Quack, quack, quack. You know, like, yeah. I wanted more quacking. Yeah, yeah. Also, we did the quack chant, what, one time in we that movie? We needed more quack. More quack chant. Yeah. Um, And then I come to find out, like, a couple days later, I was like, so are we watching D3 this weekend? And you're like, I don't really need to. I D3 was, like, a whole different vibe. And, like, wow. it didn't. Was Emilio still the coach? Or did we just, like, no, whole new cast? No, it's like all the kids go to a private school. So Emilio's not in it? I don't can't remember if he's in it. Oh, if, wow. if he if is in it, you can't remember. That's no. Yeah. If he's if he is in it, it's not for very much. Wow. I think Charlie plays a bigger role. Charlie, Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. Okay. We might we might still watch it. But the thing about D two also that I thought was funny is like as a kid. Uh, so the the like antagonist in the movie is like Team Iceland, right? And I was like, 
these guys are <laughs> scary. I was like, Iceland must be a freaking scary place because yeah. they're so intense. Yeah. And then fast forward to being an adult and going to Iceland, nicest people ever. 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 I'm like, yeah. wow, I wonder how Iceland felt about yeah. that, about being like the hardcore ones. That also is a fun fact that we came to as we watched the movie, but also afterwards, is the teams that they played were all t- like all teams, teams that, that didn't have, have hockey, hockey teams. teams. So Trinidad. Trinidad and Tobago and also Germany and Italy. Yeah. And then another fun fact is they were, I think they were going to make Russia the antagonist, but then they were like, Russia US relations at the time, I think, had gotten better Better. and they didn't want to stir the pot. So we're just like, Iceland. Iceland. They were like, oh, it's like a small country. Why don't we just make up a country? That would have been better. And then also they called themselves Eastland, but then it just said the word island on their bizarre, on their uh, jerseys. All right. Um, So that was D2. That was D2. Quack and Attack is back, Jack. Poor uh, Charlie's mom, not in the movie at all. Yeah, they just totally wrote her. <laughs> they were like, oh, she got remarried. That's it. Literally one line gone. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. That was like a love interest. And Okay, that's fine. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So the uh, the JCBD that we picked up was <sighs> Knock Off. Guys, this movie. So, okay, see if I can describe the plot. Okay. Because I don't think I can. Um. Okay. 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 <laughs> JCBD yeah. and Rob Schneider yes. are... Uh, tapped by a jeans company right. to be in the country of J- China, China yeah. to manufacture these jeans yeah. overseas. Yeah, it's they... like a, imagine like a really well-to-do jeans. Like let's just say like Levi's, Set, right? Levi's. And Levi's is like, hey, we need an yeah, office yeah, yeah. in in Hong Kong, and let's like manufacture yeah. there. But listen to this. Yeah, Rob Schneider is secretly an undercover FBI a- CIA, CIA agent. Yeah. They get caught up in a. Uh, no, oh my God. There's so many layers. They get caught up in like a counterfeit. What is that? What is that called? Knock off. Knock yeah, off. off. <laughs> struggle. A little okay, bit of struggle. A counterfeit a jeans operation. Yeah. And but also counterfeit other things. There are and, other okay, items. That's yeah, what I was going right. to get to. And counterfeit other things because then there's some group that I'm not sure of exactly. They were Russian. Russian. Yeah. Okay. Some Russian group who is manufacturing these new types of bombs. Yeah. The green flame bombs. Green flame. Yeah. That you can't, that are very tiny. They're this like is this. way before Game of Thrones, by the way, everybody. Oh yeah. Before green the fire. green flame. Yeah. They're, the size of the bombs is just like a, like one of those little. Like a button disc, on a jean. Like a button on a jean. Yeah. And so then you can detonate them from far away, and then it's right. a green flame. So, okay, let me just make sure I have it. It's all right. Yeah. We have the Russian yes. bomb people. Yeah. We have the we have Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah. counterfeit. Yeah. We have Rob Schneider undercover CIA. Yeah. Then we have the CIA, like, captain. Right. Spoiler alert. He's actually he's bad guy. colluding with the Russians. Bad guy. Yeah. And then there's a, another. And then there's another CIA agent who's a woman who's, who acts like she works for the jeans company, right. but is also undercover. <laughs> undercover. And okay, so the, that's the not plot, even the craziest yeah, part yeah. of the movie. The plot is ridiculous, which is every JCVD movie, which is why I love them because yeah, yeah, they're just yeah. so dumb and yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The best part, however, of this movie is this director basically said. I have 23 shots that I want to try that yeah. I haven't seen in many yeah. movies. <laughs> it's literally like it like and listen, no disrespect to this director. No, He's love, an artist, love the artistic right? expression. But it it feels like a film student who was like, "Ooh, 
yeah. av- avant-garde. Yeah. Like, because shots will just happen. Like, it'll be like a bathroom scene where, right. like, Rob Schneider is, like, going to the bathroom and, like, is, a, you know, talks to his CIA person. Yeah. And just suddenly the shot is from, like, above, like, on yeah. the ceiling of the bathroom. And you're like, why? And then why? it'll, like, it, it's, like, a normal establishing shot to the above shot and then a fisheye of, of Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, to, what? Wait, the fisheye to the mirror shot where yeah, it's just yeah, a yeah. mirror yeah. To, the, the, to the reflection on the car window. Yeah. And then all of a sudden some slow-mo of something <laughs> yes. for no reason. Like, no. Oh, my God. Wait, remember? When the running? Remember the running? Yeah, the blurred okay, there's running. There's a scene where they're in, like, a car garage and they're, like, it's a fight scene. And then suddenly it goes yeah. from, like, slow-mo to this guy's, like, super fast. And he's just, like, it has, like, an echo of his. Oh, my God. It's so great. Oh, wow. What a, what a magical adventure. So that is why we watch these movies. Yeah. So exactly we can have these moments that we're having together with you on this podcast now as well. But it's just to laugh. And, like, I remember when we were watching the JCBD one. We both laughed for so hard. All about an hour of the hour and 20 minutes of this movie. We had to pause it a couple times because we, like, didn't believe what was happening. <laughs> just like, wait, hold on. What just happened? Wait, 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 what? Uh, and it's just, oh, it's just amazing. So uh, this weekend, we don't have the movies picked yet, uh, but we'll let you know uh, This is how we keep week. them on the, the hook for the next You'll episode. You'll know what our next two movies are. And then if you want to start watching these movies as well, if it's something maybe you haven't heard of or you haven't watched in a long time, Give us feel your free feedback. to watch them. Send us an email, hello at Wandering Game. Let us know what you thought. If it was as ridiculous as you imagined uh just have some fun with it uh yeah and that's just a fun thing that we do i am i'm gonna tell you as of this episode going up we will be in december so we are gonna get in some holiday flicks i just watched the worst holiday movie i've ever seen in my life was this on netflix yeah it was called hometown holiday and it's the (laughs) lowest tier hallmark movie i've ever seen but it was it was sort of like jcbd it was like fun to watch for that because i'm like these poor actors and actresses, like just the script that they were given, and then. All right. Well, so probably next episode. Oh, maybe. Well, you'll start to hear what holiday movies we're going to get into. Yeah. Uh, some classics, some things. We did watch a lot of the classics last year, so we're probably not going to watch the like. I don't know no, if we're going to watch be, Home Alone. No, this Jingle might be like the best and, of this year. We talked about watching Klaus again, which we yeah. love. We talked about. There's a couple new ones coming out. Yeah. Isn't isn't um Christmas Chronicles two coming out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that actually comes out next week. Oh shoot. Yeah, so, all right. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. The uh, longevity versus legacy conversation was really the point of it. Although we did go over quite a bit of COVID <laughs> things. Then we got in some <laughs> covered movie stuff. COVID covered some movies. If you were thinking about like, what the heck did I just listen to an episode? about it was the longevity versus legacy thing That's just right. to remind you uh all right that'll do it for this episode i like your faces a all lot. right and uh yeah that's it <laughs> bye okay okay see ya all right next time that'll wrap it up talk to you later okay peace out